Hello, everybody. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Imperfectly Perfect Live. I am Trini Sharp. I am your host for this evening. It is a pleasure to be back before you guys yet another week. I'm excited about tonight's word. I'm excited about tonight's podcast for this evening. God truly downloaded in my spirit fresh manna from heaven, and I am just excited about sharing with you the just the knowledge and wisdom that God has given me um, tonight. And so uh, I'm just, I'm going to try to um, keep my composure. (laughs) I would try to keep my composure and try to not get ahead of myself, but whichever way the Holy Spirit leads me is where where I'm going to go. Hi, Keisha. Welcome, welcome. Make sure you share this live, Keisha, so that people can see the podcast for this evening. All right, guys. So before we get into um, tonight's topic and even going over review, let's say a word of prayer so that I do not forget to invite the Holy Spirit in. So dear Heavenly Father, God, I just thank you, God, for your presence first and foremost. God, I thank you, Father, God, for truly who you are. God, you're mighty. God, you're perfect in all of your ways. God, I thank you, Holy Spirit. God, because without you, I am nothing. I am a gifted nothing without you. So Holy Spirit, thank you, God, for choosing me. Thank you, God, for using me, God, in such a time as this. God, I count on the privilege and the honor. God, I ask that you touch the people. God, touch their hearts right now. Those that are listening, those that are watching in the name of Jesus, that they truly be receptive of what you have to say. God, I thank you, God, that this word shall not fall on deaf ears, oh God. Thank you, Father God, that after this topic, that after this podcast, somebody's life will be changed, somebody will be healed, somebody will be set free, and somebody will be saved. Holy Spirit, have your way. No technical difficulties and no distractions. May you get the glory, all the honor and praise in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, guys. All right. Again, welcome to Imperfectly Perfect Lives to all my viewers on Facebook and on Instagram. Welcome to um, this broadcast. And I am excited about this word. Again, let's go over a quick review of what we talked about last week. And our topic for last week was, uh, are you drifting away? Are you drifting away? And what God was leading me to uh, cover last week, and I was literally talking to the backsliders. I was specifically talking to the backsliders last week and um, being in that being in that state, I can truly relate on um, what it means to one, one moment truly be on the right path. And then um, certain circumstances um, will cause you to drift away from God, whether that is uh, losing your job, whether that is experiencing grief because you lost your loved one, whether that is having a bad breakup. There are certain things that will cause you to drift away. And God truly was talking to the backslider last week and truly just um, having a call out for them to that if you're drifting away, that there was still time to get right, that there's still time to get back on track. And so, please, if you didn't get to get a chance to see last week's podcast, please go to I Am a Perfectly Perfect um, on Facebook uh, Facebook page, excuse me, and I underscore am underscore imperfectly perfect on our Instagram page. And you can most certainly go on all of our uh, podcast platforms where you can listen to the podcast. That is Google um, Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and more. So stay tuned for that. 
make sure you share that as well for those that have been struggling in that area and that need to hear that word from God. Go to that, share it, like it, do whatever you need to do to get that word in your spirit. All right, guys. So tonight, tonight, we are going to be talking about the topic of don't fear, just trust. Don't fear, just trust. And I'm excited because God has been blowing my mind the past few days concerning this. And sometimes God just gives me things all at one time. And then there are other times when God just builds, it builds. And as I spend more time with God, God begins to build and reveal certain things to me and things begin to unravel. Maybe some situations that I experienced throughout the week. And it's just like, wow, God, now I see why you having me, why you having talking about this topic, because now I can freshly come from a relative place because I recently experienced, recently experienced it. So um, this particular topic, I thought God was going to take me another way and talk about something else. But in my prayer time, it just it just having this phrase. And this is not a phrase that just came out of nowhere, because this is something that God says to me regularly, regularly. Don't fear, just trust. And I find myself saying that in my prayers and encouraging myself, because sometimes you have to encourage yourself. You're not always going to have people around you that are going to say, hey, don't don't fear, don't trust. You're not always going to have people that's going to be motivating you. We have to get to a place where we don't have to always depend on others in order for us to fulfill God's given purpose in our lives. So with that being said, don't fear, don't trust. And what I want to uh, cover first is to just break down these words. You guys know those who have followed this platform, you know that we love or God loves to use me and um, as far as breaking down the words so they can get a better understanding of what God is saying to us this evening. So first word we're going to break down is fear. We're going to break down fear. So the first uh, had two different definitions for fear that really um, is going to tie into tonight's uh, passage this evening. And the first one is a noun um, because, you know, fear can be a noun or a verb. So fear in a noun version is a distressing emotion aroused by impending danger, evil, pain, etc. Whether it is real, whether the threat is real or imagined. That is what really, really got to me. It says whether it the threat is real or imagined. Because the thing is, a lot of times... We are fearful and it's something that's just in our mind, something that is not even realistic, something that, you know, you ever find yourself uh, daydreaming and just like, man, you find if you're not careful, my God, if you are a daydreamer, because I know I am, and especially as a kid and like my imagination is crazy. So finding yourself just truly just fantasizing and daydreaming and, and creating stories in your mind and to the point where you actually start believing that is real when all actuality it never happened to begin with it never happened to begin with and you're just like having a fear of something that is make-believe having a fear of something make-believe which leads to um, the next uh, noun, 
which is um, also fear. I'm screwing. The next definition of it being a noun is anticipation of the possibility that something unpleasant will occur. Keyword possibility. So it is, sorry guys, it is the possibility that it will happen. The possibility that it will happen. So it's not even for certain that it will take place, but you're basing it off of something that it's possible having a having a permanent or a temporary excuse me temporary feeling based on something that is not even permanent that is not even factual so we have to be careful what we allow the enemy to um, infuse into our minds the thoughts that he puts in our minds to cause us to fear to fear things that we should not because the word of God says in 1 Timothy um, 1, 7, it says, we shall not have the spirit of fear, but a spirit of love, power, and a sound mind. A spirit of love, power, and a sound mind. I'm going to type that here. Um, the Holy Spirit just gave it to me. But we should not have the spirit of fear. We should not. So if God tells us not to have the spirit of fear, why do we always operate in fear? If God is clearly telling us not to have the spirit of fear, why do we find ourselves always operating in fear? And that's what we're really going to touch on tonight because we can't truly expect God to do the miraculous, to do miracle signs and wonders if we are finding ourselves always operating in fear, always questioning, you know, whether or not God is truly going to do it, whether, you know, our faith is being tested constantly. And we always are going back and forth. I trust God. I don't trust God. I trust God. I don't trust God. Being unstable in your mind, being unstable in all of your ways. God doesn't like a, um, a double-minded man. Because God says he's unstable in all of his ways. So we have to be careful of our mindset of what we allow and what we entertain. Because the enemy is not the enemy is not going to quit putting thoughts in our mind. The enemy is not going to quit trying to get us to forfeit our birthright. The enemy is not going to quit trying to get us to fall. That's his job. Right? He's he's good at his job. However, we have the responsibility to make sure that we do not entertain the enemy's tactics. This is why we have to know the word of God for ourselves. This is why we have to know the word of God, because it is our weapon in spiritual warfare. So when the enemy tries to come at us one way, we come swinging with that double-edged sword, which is the word of God. We're not going to sit around and just allow ourselves to be trampled upon, allow ourselves to be defeated when clearly God said in his word that the enemy is a footstool under our feet. He is a footstool under our feet. So why are we not taking authority that God has given us and defeat the enemy by any means necessary? So. That's the other that I'm sorry, the last definition that I have, and this is the verb, the verb version is to be afraid of, expect with alarm. So you're always being alarming and having that expectation 
And I love this definition because when, when we get to it later on, talking about expectations, right? You have an expectation of being alarmed. You expect to be alarmed. And that is the, that is the issue because we should expect the goodness of the Lord. We should expect God's healing. We should expect um, God's provision. We should expect freedom. We should expect these things from God. But if you have fear, you're expecting to be alarmed. My God, thank you, Holy Spirit. You are expecting to be alarmed. Hey, Laura, you're expecting to be alarmed. And that is not the will of the Lord, because what did we just say? In 1 Timothy 1, 7, the word of God says, we shall not have the spirit of fear, but a spirit of love, power, and a sound mind. Because fear causes us to not have peace. Fear causes us to operate in, in destruction. Fear causes us to operate in division. Fear causes us to go against our brother and sister because we are afraid that if it, it mm, thank you, Holy Spirit, because we're afraid that if we don't get it for ourselves, then we'll go without fear causes you to, to talk about others because this is the thing. A lot of times people think, oh, I'm not fearful. No, you have to, you have to recognize people's actions. Their people are more fearful walking around in fear a lot because Thinking about bullies, right? Huh, thank you, Holy Spirit. Thinking about bullies and how some of the most majority of the bullies that are out there are fearful. And a lot of the bullies were created. Why? Because maybe they were one, they were bullied. Another thing is they want to bully somebody so that they can cause fear into other people so that nobody will attack them. But in reality, the ones that they're actually attacking, they're actually fearful, fearful of whether, you know, because I'll just use me, for example, I had I was bullied, you know, in middle school. And growing up, I didn't understand why I was being bullied, but. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Growing as I got older, I realized that my bullies bullied me because they were jealous and fearful of my of my intelligence. They were teasing. This you have to listen to key words too. They teased me because they said I was a goody two shoes. They said that I was oh you too smart and you know calling me all types of names because of my intelligence. But in all actuality, they're saying, I'm fearful that she's better than me. And they start putting thoughts into their own mind. So they, they, they're fearful of you because this is what they want to be. But they're afraid that they can never amount up to what you already are. They're afraid. They're intimidated. Have you ever taken consideration that maybe... That person is intimidated of you. And that is the way that that is the reaction that they are having to cover up their intimidation. My God, thank you, Holy Spirit. You just taking me all everywhere tonight. Thank you, Holy Spirit. So we have to be mindful of that as well. Let's get back. Let's get back. <laughs> rewind, rewind. All right, guys. So, um, 
Next word that we're going to uh, break down is trust. So trust means believe in the reliability, truth, ability, or strength of. Believe in the reliability, truth, ability, or strength of. So that means that we need to be believing in the reliability of God, the truth of God, the ability of God, and the strength of God. God is all these things plus more, plus more. And that's what God wants us to do. If we opt on God and we operate in fear that we're believing a lie instead of the truth that comes from God, if we're having fear, that means that we are not believing in the ability of God. And we're believing and we're allowing ourselves to be weak. Because the word of God says that God's mm, God's strength is made perfect in our weakness. So where we are weak, God is strong. So it's no need for us to fear if we trust God, if we trust his strength, if we trust his ability, if we trust the truth, which is the word of God, if we trust the reliability of God, because the word of God also talks about us depending on him, about us drawing near to the cross. So we have to trust him. So let's get into the meat of this thing. <laughs> I feel like I'm sounding like the past. <laughs> my pastor and apostle, my old pastor, Apostle Jimmy Ellis III, and also my pastor, Pastor Charles and Pastor Tracy Williams, all mixed up in, but to God be the glory. <laughs> I love it. Like certain key words, and I'm just like, wow. Like I, I'm truly grateful for the foundation that um, God has allowed me to um, have. So. It's, listen, I love it. So let's get into the meat of this thing. So we want to, we want to talk about tonight and we're talking about not fearing. We need to find out how to overcome fear and trust God, right? We need to find out how do we overcome fear and trust God? Because it's easy, it's easier, it's easy to say it, but how do we actually go about doing it? So our golden text for tonight is 1 Kings 17, verse 9 through 24 in the Amplified Version. And I'm going to read it, and then we're going to break down the nuggets that is in this word. So 1 Kings 17, verse 9 through 24 in the Amplified Version says, Arise, go to Zarephath, which belongs to Sidon, and stay there. Behold, I have commanded a widow there to provide for you. So he set out and went to, this is Elijah. This is the story of Elijah and a widow woman. So it says, so he set out and went to Zarephath. And when he came to the gate of the city, behold, a widow was there gathering sticks for firewood. He called out to her and said, please bring me a little water in a jar so that I may drink. As she was going to get it, he called to her and said, Please bring me a piece of bread in your hand. But she said, as the Lord your God lives, I have no bread, only a handful of flour in the bowl and a little oil in the jar. See, I am gathering a few sticks so that I may go in and bake it for me and my son, that we may eat it as our last meal and die. Elijah said to her, do not fear, go and do as you have said. 
just make me a little bread from it first and bring it out to me. And afterward, you may make one for yourself and for your son. For this is what the Lord God of Israel says. The bowl of flour shall not be exhausted, nor shall the jar of oil be empty until the day that the Lord sends rain again on the face of the earth. She went and did as Elijah said, and she and he and her household ate for many days. The bowl of flour was not exhausted, nor did the jar of oil become empty in accordance with the word of the Lord, which he spoke through Elijah. Elijah raises the widow's son. It happened after these things that the son of the woman, the mistress of the house, became sick and his illness was so severe that there was no breath left in him. So she said to Elijah, what problem is there between you and me? Oh, man of God, have you come to me to bring my sin to mind and to put my son to death? He said to her, give me your son. Then he took him from her arms and carried him up to the upper room where he was living and laid him on his bed, own bed. He called to the Lord and said, oh, Lord, my God. Have you brought further tragedy to the widow with whom I am staying by causing her son to die? Then he stretched himself out upon the child three times and called to the Lord and said, Oh, Lord, my God, please let this child's life return to him. The Lord heard the voice of Elijah and the life of the child returned to him and he revived. My God, Elijah took the child and brought him down from the upper room into the lower part of the house and gave him to his mother. And Elijah said, see, your son is alive. Then the woman said to Elijah, now I know that you are a man of God and that the word of the Lord in your mouth is truth. My God. All right, guys, so it is some great nuggets in this passage. And I thought God was taking me one way. And when I read this part, I was like, all right, guys, so it's a whole lot of meat in here. So show me what it is that you want me to point out to your to your children, to your people. So, again, we're talking about how to overcome fear and trust God. How to overcome fear and trust God. Number one, follow God's instructions. Follow God's instructions. My God, this is so key because God will have you doing some things that seem so crazy in the natural having you doing things that is just like to the to the natural eye to humans it would be like what like why would you do that like why why would you even sacrifice your last when you know that that was all that you had for a man that you just met yeah god would have you doing some crazy things and so in first in the first Kings uh, 17 in verse 9 through 11, going back there, it says, Arise, go to Zarephath, which belongs to Sidon, and stay there. Behold, I have commanded a widow there to provide for you. So he set out and went to Zarephath. And when he came to the gate of the city, behold, a widow was there gathering sticks for firewood. He called out to her and said, Please bring me a little water in a jar so that I may drink. As she was going to get it, he called to her and said, please bring me a piece of bread in your hand. 
My God. So, huh, thank you, Holy Spirit. You just gave this to me. So, two instructions that the widow woman was given through um through the prophet Elijah by way of the Holy Spirit. Number one was please bring me a little water in a jar so that I may drink. And so the widow, she was she was fine with getting some water because she had plenty of water. Water was not really something that she had to sacrifice, right? She didn't have to sacrifice water because she had she because she had that already. And so she was, she didn't hesitate. She didn't ask any questions. She didn't rebuttal. She didn't, you know, say, oh, well, I don't have enough water. No, because she had that already. So God was testing her. Thank you, Holy Spirit. God was testing her to see, okay, you're willing to give me what you already have, but let me see if you're willing to give me your last. Let me see that if I ask you for what you have left, are you going to be willing to give that up to me? You can easily give up $100 if you got, um, um, what, $100,000 in your bank. But what if God told you to give up all of it? What if God told you to give up your last, would you do it? And it sounds crazy because this is like, wow, God, but how am I going to pay my bills? How am I going to eat? What if she had a child, right? So the first direction again was, please bring me a piece of bread in your hand. And then it says, I'm sorry, no. The first direction was, bring me a little water in a jar so that I may drink. And it said in verse 11, it said, as she was going to get it. So she was on her way to get it. And then God spoke through Elijah, the prophet Elijah again. And he said, please bring me a piece of bread in your hand. And this would cause, thank you, Holy Spirit. This is what caused the widow woman to stop on her track. She's like, wait a minute. I have, I have water for you. But now, I know, right, Lord? But now you want to, you want food? Listen, I, listen, if we was talking in terms today, it's like, listen, you doing too much. Like, I don't got all of that. Like, you, listen, I got, I got water for you, but. Now you asking for bread too? You asking for a little bit too much. I literally, look, she's like, I literally have enough for me and my son. And then after that, she planned to die. She planned to die. So we have to be, huh? God will, you, oh my gosh, thank you, Holy Spirit. God will literally, and this is how another way you know that the direction is coming from God because God will have you doing things that you wouldn't normally do. The enemy is not going to say, oh, give, give your last food to the prophet Elijah. No, the enemy is selfish. He's like, no, keep that for yourself. You about to die. You about to give up food. This is how we're able to use our discernment. If you have any, any struggle with your discernment and whether it's in trying to decipher whether or not um, the instruction is coming from God or whether or not you're hearing from God or whether or not it's yourself um, trying to, um, it, you know, it's coming from your own mind or whether it's coming from the enemy. Yeah, start to realize, would the en- will the enemy actually convince me to give up my last? No, he would not. And it's a reason. God is not giving us instructions just for the sake of it. 
God does things intentionally. He does things for a reason. He does it for a reason. And it might, it, it sounds crazy, might look crazy, but we have to follow God's instructions. If we truly want to overcome fear and truly trust God, we got to follow God's instructions. No matter how crazy it may look like, no matter, I mean, no matter how crazy it may look, no matter how um, crazy it may sound, follow God. Follow him. Follow his instructions because in Proverbs 3, verse 5 and 6, my favorite scripture, it says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not into your own understanding. That's talking about your human intellect, your human understanding. Acknowledge God and all of his ways and he will direct your path. So when we put our trust in God, it eliminates fear. When we put our trust in God, it eliminates doubt. When we put our trust in God, it eliminates worry. That's how we overcome because trust is the opposite of fear. You're like, well, how is it that simple? It is that simple. That if we make a conscious decision to trust God, we will no longer have the spirit of fear. It, and, and, and a lot of times, because we try to understand things in our human intellect, we make things more complicated. And I'm going to trust me, I am definitely guilty of that. Especially when you are an overthinker, you, you overthink everything. And God is saying it's simpler than you are making it. That if you trust me, you will no longer operate in the spirit of fear. All we have to do is trust God. All we have to do is follow his instructions and allow him to do what he already said he will do. So next point. We're talking about, again, how to overcome fear and trust and trust God. Number two, be selfless. Be selfless. Listen, this the widow woman was tested. She was tested whether or not she was going to be selfish or not. Because as, I can imagine, I'm not a mother yet, but I can imagine as a mother and you have you and your child and you are at, are at your last meal and here comes this man even though she heard about the prophet elijah but she did not know him she didn't know him so we have to take an account we have to take an account that <laughs> She just met this man. So in natural ability and natural mindset, it's just like, wait, you're a stranger. Like, I'm not about to get my last to you. I'm not about to get my last to you when I have me and my son to, to worry about. Listen, the mom is just like, listen, I'm trying to make sure that my child eats. I'm not even positive that I'm going to eat. And yet you talking about eating before my own child? But we have to learn how to be selfless because there's going to be a lot of times because the word of God talks about it's better to give than to receive. It's better to give 
than to receive. So that means that God requires for us to be selfless. That if God gives you something, are you going to hold on to it so tightly to the point that if God tells you to let it go, that you're unable to? This is why God tells us to love others as we love ourselves, because we have to love, love others to the people. And that means strangers. That means people that we just met. People that we just met, because we don't know how God will use us. We don't know how God will move through us. And the blessing that will come out of us just being obedient. Just being obedient. My God. So be selfless. Because in verse 12 through 13, it says, But she said, As the Lord your God lives, I have no bread, only a handful of flour in the bowl and a little oil in the jar. See, I am gathering a few sticks so that I may go in and bake it for me and my son, that we may eat it (laughs) as our last meal and die. Elijah said to her, Do not fear. Go and do as you have said. Just make me a little bread from it first and bring it out to me. And afterward, you may make one for yourself and your son. My God, she was tried. She was tried in this instant. But then she passed the test. She passed the test. She could have very well just like, listen, I don't care what you're talking about. I don't know you. But she trusted, she trusted the, the, oh my God. She trusted God that is in him, the God that he served, that prophet Elijah served. She trusted God. Even though, yes, mom, even though her faith was tried, she trusted She trusted the God that Elijah served. So we have to be willing to be selfless. How to overcome fear and trust God. Number three, this one blessed my, (laughs) I mean, it blessed my socks off. Like literally, I was just like, okay, God, use what you have. Use what you have, y'all. And it kind of it's and it's not this particular story with it. it. It takes me back to even studying about Moses and how Moses was constantly complaining and he was constantly fearful of how God, how he was going to be used by God when he had a speech impediment and he didn't think that he could speak eloquently enough before people and how God is like, no, you're going to be my representation. And he's like, how can I be your representation when I can't even speak clearly to even for people to even understand what your instructions are? And God is like, use what you have. God gave him a staff, right? He said, pick up, he said, pick up the rod. Use what you have. My God. And in the same instant, in the same instant, the woman of God, the widow of the widow woman, she was afraid. She was afraid that she, you know, she thought that her and her son was going to die. She said, I don't have these few, these few sticks. But she did not consider 
Thank you, Holy Spirit. She did not consider what she had. She did not consider that what she had in her house was the answer to her problem. She saw what was already made. She saw what, what was already in existence. Thank you, Holy Spirit. She saw what was already in existence in her natural eye, but she was not looking things through her spiritual lenses. She didn't realize and take into account that she had everything. She had all the ingredients. She had the resources that she needs to make more. Everything she needed to make more food was in her house. It was already there. <laughs> but she did not take into account that she already had it because she was already stuck on the fact that, man, like, I, we're going to die. She was convinced that they were going to die, but all she had to do was use what she had. So in 1 Kings 17, 12, and in 14, it says, as the Lord your God lives, um, I have no bread, only a handful of flour in the bowl and a little oil in the jar. She said, I only have a handful. This is where, thank you, Holy Spirit. This is where being pessimistic versus optimistic. If you're looking at things more in a in in natural state. Pessimists, pessimists um, look at things being half empty. If you are optimist, that means you're looking at the jar half full. She said, I only have a handful of flour and a little oil in the jar. But God said, that is all you need. God said, that is all you need. He said, I'll take the little and then I'll make a more. I'll take the little and I'll expand it. I'll take the little and give you abundance. She looked at it as, I only have a handful. I only have a handful of flour and oil. God said, give me what you have. And watch me double it. Give me what you have and watch me triple it. Give me what you have and watch me give it to you 100 fold. We have to change our mindset. We have to change our mindset because we continue to allow ourselves to be convinced that what we have is not enough. Thank you, Holy Spirit. And we continue to be convinced that what we have is not enough, we are going to be at a standstill. Everything you need, God says he's already given you. Your talents, your gifts, what is in your home right now? What is in your home right now? Everything you need is in God. Are you a writer? Do you have a pencil and a paper? What is in your home? During this pandemic, and I believe that huh, the blood of Jesus, I'm not even here for this foolishness tonight. Not even here for it. I'm not even going to entertain the distractions. What are... What are what is in your home? What is in your home? 
during this pandemic, we have been tested. Our faith has been tested. We truly, we truly have had time to get ourselves together. We have had time to allow our giftings to be cultivated, right? We've had time to truly write out the plan. We have time to truly allow God to take us to another level. We have had the time to prepare. We have had the time to prepare. But have we had the mindset of the little woman said, I only have a little. I've been laid off of my job. I don't have a lot. God has said, give me what you have and watch me triple it. Give me what you have and watch me give you abundance. Give me what you have. My God, give me what you have. So next point. Next point. So we're talking about how to overcome fear and trust in God. Because guess what? I'm not fearful of the enemy right now because I already, I already expected this to happen tonight. But guess what's not going to happen? I'm not going to shut up. I'm not going to shut up because somebody needs to be healed. Somebody needs to be delivered in the name of Jesus. So number four, surround yourself with people who won't let you fear. Surround yourself with people who won't let you fear. Let's go back to verse 13. It says, Elijah said to her, do not fear. Go and do as you have said. Just me and a little bread from it first and bring it out to me. And afterward, you make one for yourself and for your son. If it was not for Elijah following the instructions of God, because God had already took care of Elijah. Because if you have a moment, go back and read all of First First Kings seventeen. Go back and read all of it. Because before that, God had just provided and proved to Elijah that God is His provider, right? Because God provided for Elijah during the famine, during the drought. He used He used ravens to make sure that he ate. And then after that, it said that he said it happened in verse seven. It happened after a while that the brook dried up because there was no rain in the land. Then the word of the Lord came to him saying, arise and go to Zarephath, which belongs to Sidon and stay there. My God, Jesus, in my pastor Tracy voice, arise. What if, uh, what if Elijah would have said, you know what? I'm staying here. I got everything that I need. But God sent Elijah there because had not, had not, had not Elijah have gone, going to be obedient, he couldn't be the person that, he couldn't be the person that the widow woman needed. He couldn't be the person that the woman, woman needed in that moment. This is why you have to make sure you are surrounded, that you are surrounded around the right people, that you are surrounding the right people around you. Why? Because those people are going to motivate you. Those people are going to encourage you. Those people are going to make sure that any time, that any time 
that you try to quit, that you try to say that I'm, I'm giving up. Anytime you say that, they will start speaking life into you. Because Elijah said to her in verse 13, he said to her, don't fear. Elijah was used by the Holy Spirit. Said, don't fear. And then he said, just do what God said. But had not Elijah been obedient, had not he went and allowed himself to be used by God, she would truly have did what she said she was going to do earlier in the passage. She said that I only have enough for me and my son and we're going to die. They would have died. Do you not understand the magnitude of that? They would have died. But God saw. God saw what she was going to do. And he sent his prophet Elijah to save not only her life, but her son's life too. They were on a path about to die. They were on a path about to die. But God saved her life because, oh my gosh. Because she was surrounded around the right person. Jesus, Jesus. She was surrounded around the right person. My God. Hallelujah. So next point. Do not allow your trust in God to be circumstantial. Do not allow your trust in God to be circumstantial. This right here. It's something that God has been dealing with me on because God has been reminding me time and time again that didn't I tell you I was going to blow your socks off? Didn't I tell you that this is your season for abundance? Didn't I tell you that everything you need I will provide plus more? Didn't I tell you that? So why every time that you are faced with a trial or faced with just something, some type of opposition that you allow yourself to not trust me when I've already proven to you that I can be trusted. But I've been proven to you. I'm, I'm doing it for you. Everything you need is in me. All you got to do is trust me. All you got to do is believe. Everything, yes, on Instagram, everything we need is in God. Everything we need. So don't allow your trust in God to be circumstantial that as soon as you can be healed in your body one minute, and then you lose your job the next. And just because you lost your job, you immediately say, well, God, why have you forsaken me? How am I going to eat? How am I going to live? How am I, where's my children going to stay? But did you forget that God just healed your body? Did you forget the miracle signs and wonders that he did in your life? This is what God is saying. Do not allow your trust in God to be circumstantial. Yes, booby underscore cakes 20. <laughs> yes, on Instagram. My God, I'm glad you've been blessed this evening. We cannot allow ourselves to fall in the trap of the enemy to, to, for, because he wants, he wants for us to start doubting God. Because as soon as God blesses us, that's here when the enemy comes here, trying his mess. Like, all right, let me see if they let me see if they really trust in God. Let me see if they really riders. Let me see if they really going to be loyal to God. Let me see if they really going to be faithful. Let me see if, if what's going to happen. And he's going to try different things to get your to get you off of your game. 
but you can't allow it to be circumstantial. Because as we read further in, in the story, that after God, after God blessed the widow woman, the Elijah and her son with abundance, right after that, it said in verse 17 through 19 through 18, excuse me, it says, it happened after these things that the son of the woman, the mistress of the house, became sick. And his illness was so severe that there was no breath left in him. So she said to Elijah, what problem is there between you and me, O man of God? Have you come to me to bring my sin to mind and to put my son to death? She, that quick, that quick, she just forgot about what God did for her. She just forgot uh, what what um God did through the, um, by way of, um, sorry, through Elijah by way of the Holy Spirit. She just forgot that God sent the prophet Elijah to be a mouthpiece and to be God's representation, to bring forth life to her. And just because in the natural eyes, her son was was, uh, taken away from her in, in that moment temporarily, she forgot. She forgot what God was capable of of, and what God just did for her in her life. She allowed her trust to be circumstantial. She allowed her trust in God to be circumstantial. We have to be consistent. We have to be consistent with our faith in God. We have to be consistent with our trust in him. We got to be consistent all the way around. This is where our prayer life is going to come into play. This is where we have to always go to God in prayer. We have to always stay because even after we receive God's promises, we most certainly must go to continue to be prayerful because the enemy wants to do whatever he can to grab a hold on to what God has given us to cause us to forfeit our birthright. But we can't allow it to happen. We can't allow it to happen. Why would we allow something that, that took so long to get and, and allow it to be taken away from us so easily? Yes, Sister, Max, Sister Maxine, consistency is key. So true. Consistency is key. So let's go over these points again. So how to overcome fear and trust God? Number one, follow God's instructions. Number two, be selfless. Number three, use what you have. Number four, surround yourself with people who won't let you fear. Number five, do not allow your trust in God to be circumstantial. And closing out, I want to talk about when you trust in God, he will. When you trust in God, he will provide. These are the benefits of when you put your trust in God. God will provide. God will provide. So going back up to verse 14 through 15, it says, for this is what the Lord God of Israel says, the bowl of flour shall not be exhausted nor shall the jar of oil be empty until the day that the Lord sends rain again on the face of the earth. She went and did as Elijah said, and she and he 
and her household ate for many days. My God, God provided. God did exactly what he said he would do. Why? Because she trusted God. Why? Going back to those other points. Why? Because she followed God's instructions. She was selfless. She used what she had. She was surrounded by, oh, thank you, Father. She was surrounded by people who wouldn't let her fear. And she didn't, in that moment, in that instant, she didn't allow her, her trust to be circumstantial. But she allowed she allowed herself to bless the man of God with food. God provided because she followed God's instructions. God will provide for you. God will provide when we trust in him. We don't ever have to doubt that. But God wants to see if we're going to be loyal. God wants to see how bad we want it. God wants to see if we're going to be obedient. Yes, Sister Maxine took the words right out of my mouth. Obedience yields results always. Exactly. Obedience yields results always. My God. So, next point. When you trust in God, he will exceed your expectations he will exceed your expectation god will exceed your expectations let's go and i know i keep reading the same scriptures but it bears repeating like listen god's taking it this way so that we can get it in our minds because listen if god gotta keep repeating to us don't fear don't just trust then he wants us to keep reading those passages of scriptures. I don't care if you got to put them on your wall and read them every day. I don't care if you got to put a screenshot on your phone so that you can be reminded of God's word. Yeah, repeat it. Read it over and over and meditate on it. Get it down in your spirit until it is branded on your heart. So yes, I'm repeating the word of God because we need to hear it because it is substantial so that we can overcome fear. It's too much that God wants to do through us for us to be operating in the spirit of fear. When God already said in his word, we shall not have the spirit of fear, the spirit of love, power, and a sound mind. That is a part of our inheritance, to have the spirit of love, to have the spirit of um, power, have the spirit of a sound mind. That is a part of our inheritance. So number two, exceed your expectations. God will exceed your expectations in verse 14 through 16 it says for this is what the lord god of israel says the bowl of flour shall not be exhausted nor shall the jar of, of oil be empty until the day that the lord sends rain again on the face of the earth she went and did as elijah said and she and he and her household ate for many days the flour the bowl of flour was not exhausted nor did the jar of oil become empty in accordance with the word of the Lord, which he spoke through Elijah. God exceeded her expectations. This woman of God, this woman of God did not earlier, she said, that I have, she said, wait, let me go back up so I can say if, uh, exactly. She said, I only had a handful of flour in the bowl and a little oil in the jar. But in verse 16, it says the bowl of flour was not exhausted, nor did the jar of oil become empty in accordance with the word of the Lord, which he spoke through Elijah. So God took 
God took that little bit, that little bit that she had, that handful of flour in the bowl and that little oil in a jar, and he exceeded her expectations, giving her more than what she needed. Yeah, Not just for her, her son and Elijah. They had more than enough. It said for days, for many days they ate. This woman was about to die. Her and her son was about to die. But because she was obedient, because she was obedient, God met her right where she was. And he gave her exceedingly and abundantly above all that she can ask her thing, which leads to our next scripture. Let's go to Ephesians. Ephesians 3.20. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Ephesians 3.20 in the Amplified Version, and it says, Now to him who was able to carry out his purpose and do super abundantly more than all that we dare ask or think infinitely beyond our greatest prayers, hopes, or dreams, according to his power that is at work within us. My God, God will do exceedingly abundantly above all we can ever ask or think we got to be specific about our prayers we got to have high expectations we got to expect god to do the miraculous we got to expect god to go beyond our wildest dreams these things that god has done for me in my life in this season that yes i spoke it and yes i said lord god deliver god lord god provide lord god take care and god has done that plus more when you put your trust in God, when you put your trust in God, God will do it for you. God will do it for you. You got to trust him. You got to believe. You got to hold on. Even when times get tough, you got to hold on. Hold on. Don't be dismayed. Don't be, don't be unpersuaded by what's happening around you. What did God say? What did God say? That is all you need. What did God say? And when you are reminded by what God said, hold firm, stand firm and steadfast on it. And don't be shaken. Don't be moved. My God, don't be moved. Yes, sissy, plus more, plus more. So Max said, little becomes much when you put it in the master's hand. I know that is right. My God. Next point. When you trust in God, he will heal. When we trust in God, he will heal. He will heal our bodies. He will heal our minds. He will heal our loved ones. He will heal us when we trust God. So let's go back to the, the golden text. Apostle Jimmy A. Ellis say that. He probably still says that. Um, 1 Kings 7, 17. First Kings 17. And let's go to verse 21 through 22. And it says, then he stretched out. This is when, this is, um, let me read uh, verse 20. 
He called to the Lord and said, Oh Lord, my God, have you brought further tragedy to the widow with whom I am standing by causing her son to die? Then Elijah, this is Elijah doing this. Then he stretched himself out upon the child three, three times. One for the father, one for the son, and one for the Holy Ghost. <laughs> yes, he stretched out on his child three times and called to the Lord and said, Oh Lord, my God, please let this child's life return to him. The Lord heard the voice of Elijah and the life of the child returned to him and he revived. This is another note that I didn't have in here. And this was what uh, the revelation that God had given me during my, uh, for my devotion that I'm reading on peace um, this week. And God is saying, listen, we got to stop giving up. We got to stop saying, oh, okay, well, I prayed once and that's enough. No. What if Elijah would have said, you know what? Well, I laid on him one time and listen, ain't nothing happened. He he not he didn't come back alive. He didn't, you know, raise from the dead. What if Elijah would have stopped at one time? The widow's son would have been dead still, right? But Elijah was persistent. Elijah was persistent in making sure that he continued with this, with this, um, with this instruction, continued with this until God moved. Oh, my rabbi, see, he continued it until God moved. And God said, you know what? I hear my son's cry. I hear my son's cry. So I'm going to move. I'm going to move on my behalf. Even though, thank you, Holy Spirit. Even though the widow's son had allowed herself to stop trusting in God based on the circumstances, thank God for the people that were around her. This is why you got to make sure you surround pe yourself with people again that are truly going to pray for you, that are truly going to you know, cover you even when you're not doing what you're supposed to do. He said, you know what? She's not believing right now, but I'm going to cover her. I'm going to pray for her. I'm going to pray for her son. And I'm going to allow the Holy Spirit to move through me in this moment. And I'm going to lay on this on this uh, man three times. I'm going to lay. Matter of fact, he kept laying. He kept laying on him. It didn't say. It didn't say that Elijah said, all right, let me lay on him three times. No, it just said Elijah laid on him three times. And then God answered. Therefore. If, if it took Elijah laying more time, Elijah would have done it until God answered his prayer, until God answered him. Elijah was consistent. Elijah was persistent for God hearing him. He said, God, until you until you answer, God, I'm going to continually to pray. I'm going to continue to believe that his arabasi, that breath will come back into this boy's body. That to the human eye, yeah, it sounds crazy for him to, I mean, he literally laid his whole body on this man. On boy, rather. He literally laid this body on this boy. Three times. Three times. Until God moved. And then it says, verse 22 again, it says, The Lord heard the voice of Elijah, and the life of the child returned to him. And he revived, got restored. 
God restored his life. God, um, he raised him from the dead. God raised him from the dead. God proved again that he's faithful. God proved again that he's a healer. God proved again that he ordered that he heard his cry of his son. That even when we stop trusting God and when we have ourselves surrounded around the right people, God will still answer our prayer. God will still answer our prayer when we trust in God. Jesus, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Yes, Sister Max, don't let go until he bless you. I listen. Oh my God, this thing has blessed me so much. Don't let go until God bless you. Until you see God manifested, until you see God's promises being manifested, don't you dare give up on it. Don't you dare let it go. Don't you dare let it go. Hold on to God's word. Hold on to God's promises. Wait for it to be fulfilled. Wait for it to be fulfilled. And the last point. We're talking about when you trust in God, he will. Number four, do it again. What are you talking about doing again? If he did it before, what Todd Trevor said, if he did it before, he will do it again. Same God back then, same God right now. If God did it before, if God provided for you before, won't he do it again? If God healed you before, won't he do it again? If God delivered you before, won't he do it again? If God made sure you have food on your table, won't he do it again? Why do we allow ourselves to be moved by circumstances? God will do it again. So ending it off here in 1 Kings 17, verse 23 through 24, it says, Elijah took the child and brought him down from the upper room into the lower part of the house and gave him to his mother. And Elijah said, see, your son is alive. <laughs> he said, your son is alive. He said, see, look what my God did. He was over here tripping. And you were stressing out after God had provided for you and God made sure that all of us ate for days. And just because, and listen, I'm not going to lie to you. I don't know how I would react if something like that were to happen to me. So I'm not going to sit here and judge the little woman because she was thinking things in her natural mindset. But this is why God is speaking to us so that we can stop looking at things from our natural eyes and start looking at things the way God wants it to be because God allows certain things to happen so that he can get the glory. Had not God allowed his life to be taken, God can't move the right way of the Holy Spirit through uh, the prophet Elijah to be used as a tool to lay on this boy three times so that God would get the glory. So that God to get the glory. My God, Jesus. Hallelujah. He says, see, your son is alive. Then the woman said to Elijah, now I know that you are a man of God. And that the word of the Lord is in your mouth. In your mouth is truth. I didn't, I didn't put this in my notes, but don't allow yourself to wait 
to believe in God after he already done multiple things for you. He already proven how many, how, what more does God need to do for us in order to believe in him, in order to believe in, in the, uh, the man or the prophet or woman of God, in order to believe in, in the, the anointing that he got his place on their lives. How, what more does God have to do? Said so now that you are a man of he said, then now she said, Now I know that you are a man of God, and the word of the Lord is in your mouth is truth. So she didn't believe that when she was about to die, and God made sure she had food for many days. This is why we can't. I keep saying it, but we need to get that in our heads. This is why we can't allow ourselves to be like, oh, okay, well, I'm good. You know, God gave me food. But sis, you didn't you didn't have it before. So why didn't why didn't you trust? Why why are you just now? Now I know that you are a man of God and that the word of the Lord in your mouth is truth. Why are you now believing it? Why didn't you believe it before? So there was still doubt in her heart. There was still fear. Because thank you, Holy Spirit. Because there can be times where if you have been experiencing hardship at the hardship at the hardship, that even when God comes through, you have to be careful because there can be a certain part of you that has a fear of the unknown, a fear that, oh, maybe the the other shoe is going to fall off the foot. Or you're you're just all you're expecting. Oh, I'm good right now, but you have an expectation that something bad is going to happen because it always does. Instead of expecting God to do it again, watch out for expecting the negative, for expecting this to everything to fall off. Expect God to do it again, because if he did it before, rest assured, he will do it again. It's not saying that you will never face trials and tribulations. That's not what God is saying. But what God is saying is that when you are experiencing trials and tribulations, we need to change how we handle it. We need to change how we react. We need to change what we say out of our mouths. We need to change out how we how we are, you know, looking before people because we are examples. We are living, breathing examples. If we are not, listen, people are looking at us to see how we're going to react. They were looking at us through the pandemic, seeing if we want to run amok, seeing if we're going to backslide, seeing if we was going to start cussing people out, seeing if we was going to start, you know, going back to our old lifestyle, maybe go back to drug dealing, maybe go back to, you know, doing our hustling and our hustling ways and start getting money in ways that's not of God. Out of fear out of fear that we won't have enough. But if we put our trust in God, he will give us more, more, more. My God. So guys, last points again. 
when we when you trust in God, he will provide. Number two, God will exceed your expectations. Number three, God will heal. And number four, God will do it again. If God did it before, he will do it again. He will do it again. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Glory, glory, glory. He will do it again. I want to pray for you right now. Holy Spirit, I thank you, Father God, for every person that is on this live right now. Those that will be listening later on. I thank you, Holy Spirit, for Melissa. I thank you, Holy Spirit, for Sister Max. I thank you, God, for my mom. I thank you, Father God, for Laura. God, I thank you, Father God, for Catherine. God, I thank you, Father God, for all of those that tuned in before. Even those that tried to come on here and disturb. Disturb that, Father God, the flow of the Holy Spirit. God, I even pray for them, Father that you would meet every need. That you would meet every need, oh God. Meet their need, Father. Because they don't realize that, Father God, they allow themselves to be used by the enemy. But God, the enemy is a footstool under our feet. God, we are the head and we are not the tail. So God, any of these tactics the enemy tries, thank you for carrying me, God. Any of these tactics the enemy tries, Father God, we are not dismayed. We are not moved. We are not impressed, as my sister Nikita mentioned on her show the other week. We are not impressed. We're not impressed by what the enemy is trying. And God, when the enemy, Father God, tries, that Father God, any one of my sisters or brothers in Christ, Father let us be, God, confident in who you are, God. Let us be confident in your word. Let us be confident, Father God, that your promises are yes and amen. Let us be confident in, Father God, that what you said, that God, and what you did already, God, rest assured, you will do it again. Same God back then, same God right now. Holy Spirit, God, cause us to God to be, God, stronger in our faith. Cause us to be stronger, Father God, in our belief in the name of Jesus. Father God, I ask that, Father God, that you would take off the scales off our eyes, oh God, so that we be able to to see God things clearly, dear Father God, in the spirit realm. Holy Spirit, I come against God fear. I come against God envy. I come against jealousy. I come against strife. I come against God division, oh God. I come against the yes, Rabasi. Anything that is not like you that blocks us, God, from truly God trusting you, God, to the full capacity. Holy Spirit, I come against God every satanic attack that Father God over our minds, Father God. Change our mindsets in the name of Jesus. Cause us the Father God to think positively, God. Cause us to think the Father God as the Father God, you, Father. Cause us to think the Father God and to know, God, have high expectations, God, of your provision, high expectations expectations of your healing, high expectations that Father God, that even though God, we've been believing God for, for, for our family members to have been saved for years, God, and although God, that they're still walking in God into an, an, um, a backslidden state, Father God, and even though it seems like it's not going to happen, let us not give up, God. Let us not throw in a towel, Father God. Let us call the Father God, cast all of, all of, all of our anxieties unto you, Father, to not hold on to it, Father. To not hold on to, to it, Father. Because, God, when we hold on to anxieties, God, we allow, God, fear to fester. We allow the Father God, our trust, God, to dwindle. But, Father God, we're making a conscious decision right now. 
that we will trust you, that we will trust you, that we will believe no matter what comes our way. God, we put our trust in you. We put our trust in you. God, do it, whatever they're believing God for, whether it's finances, God, debt cancellation in the name of Jesus, healing God of the mind, healing God of the body, God, whatever it is to believe in God, healing for their loved ones, God, whatever there is that Father God, Father, God, do it. Only you can do it. Meet every need. And God, give them the desires of their heart. Yeah, Give them the desires of the heart. God, I thank you, Father God, for degrees. God, I thank you, Father God, for completion. That Father God, and certificates, God. That Father God, education. God, a reaching the highest accomplishments in the name of Jesus. God, I speak forth, God, businesses in the name of Jesus. God, I speak forth, the Father God, inventions, oh God. God, I speak forth. Yes, Rabasi, Robo, Sokoya. God, I thank you, Father God, for giving them dreams right now name of Jesus that would give them the answer God to the problem Father God let God God give them God God has got visions, God, and dreams, God, and letting them know that God that everything that they need, God, is with something that they already have, Father, Father, that they may use, Father God. Show them the Father God. Lead them in the right direction, oh God. And God, even though it may seem crazy to their human intellect, Father, may they follow your instructions, Holy Spirit. And God, may their words be, God, wherever you lead me, I will go. Whatever you tell me to say, I will say. Thank you, Father. Thank you, God, for your love, your strength, and your power. Thank you, God, that they are overcomers, God, of fear. Overcomers of fear, oh God, no longer having a spirit of fear, but God, we will have the spirit of love, power, and a sound mind in the mighty name of Jesus. Father, we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Holy Spirit. He showed up right on time. For those of you who don't know Christ, my brother and my sister, if you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, this is your moment. This is your time to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Jesus died for our sins. He died for you and me. He died on Calvary. He shed his blood so that we can have life eternally. So if you don't know him, this is your moment. This is your opportunity to accept him so that you will have life eternally. Tomorrow is not promise. It's not promise. So I encourage you to say this prayer of salvation with me. Say, Lord Jesus, I know that I am a sinner. I know that I need you, Jesus, in my life. Jesus, I ask that you forgive me, that you wash me and you make me whole. Jesus, cleanse me. God, renew me. Father, I already believe in my heart and I'm confessing with my mouth you died on the cross for me so that I can live eternally. So Jesus, I will surrender myself to you and I will serve you for the rest of my days. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen.
If you pray that prayer of salvation and welcome into the body of Christ. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you. And last prayer. For those of you that may have had a relationship with Christ at some point in time, but you allowed yourself to waver. You allowed yourself to be influenced by circumstances, by trials and tribulations to the point that you left the things of God. You left the things of God. And God has been calling you. God has been calling your name. God's grace is sufficient for you. So I encourage you to put your pride aside. And I encourage you to come back to Jesus. You know that you are nothing without him. You tried everything on your own. And God is saying, come back home. Come back to me. Trust me. Trust me. I'm here. I can heal your broken heart. I can heal the broken wound. I can do it all. So say this prayer of rededication with me. Lord Jesus, I'm so sorry for turning my back on you. I allowed myself to be influenced and to be and to be um dismayed by the cares of this world. But God, I know that I need you in my life more than I did ever before. Jesus, I can't make it in this life without you. And I realized that. So Jesus, I thank you for giving me another chance to get it right again. Jesus, I already know who you are as my Lord and Savior. So Jesus, I ask that you come back into my life once again. Renew my mind again. Cover me once again. Cleanse me and wash me whole and wash me and make me whole again. I surrender my life to you for real this time. Never going back. I'm moving ahead. And God, you are going to make all things new in my life. I surrender in Jesus name. Amen. Hallelujah. Welcome back. Welcome back. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Welcome back to the body of Christ. To God be the glory. I pray that everybody was encouraged this evening. I pray that everybody was encouraged this evening. I thank everybody who stayed on here and had me covered in prayer and making sure that even when the enemy tries it, because he will in times, but making sure that I'm covered and that you know, as the word of God is going forth that I'm covered. So I love you guys so much for staying on here with me and just making sure and interceding. Listen, thank God for intercessors. I hear you. Looks my sissy cat. I love him. I love you guys. My mom, Cammy. I love all of you guys. Laura, the Max, you guys are covering and that you guys continue to um, allow God to do some great things in your lives. And we are all in this together in moments where you know, it seems like God is not going to do it. Know that God will do it again. God will do it again. God will do it again. So I love you guys so much. Be encouraged, be uplifted. May God cover you and keep you. May he give you peace that surpasses all understanding. In Jesus' name, amen. Make sure you follow I Am Imperfectly Perfect on Facebook. 
on um, I am Imperfectly Perfect Incorporated and on Instagram, I underscore am underscore Imperfectly Perfect. And you can follow us and listen to us on all podcast platforms, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and more. I love you guys. Until next time on Imperfectly Perfect Live, I will see you guys next week. Peace and blessings.